Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our, Our teaching team, team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to, to expand, expand in faith, faith hope, and love. hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because, because they, they anchor us in something, something which can, can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere we exist to join god's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere we hope you enjoy this week's teaching we hope you enjoy this week's teaching we hope you enjoy this week's teaching so a reading from acts 2 42 through 47 they devoted themselves to the apostles teachings and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. I think a lot of us put all those uh, coats away, so that's why our sweater game seems especially strong today. I'm just going to say. I have, in uh, defiance of Mother Nature, not worn a coat since the beginning of March, because I was like, no, I'm done. So it's been all sweaters all the time. Well, good morning, good morning. I'm up here again. You know, I already told you who I am. If you, um, if you got one of these sheets when you came in, it says personal reflection at the top. I'll invite you to take it out. If um, you didn't get one, you can just like raise your hand and Rebecca in the back there will grab one for you. And if you need a writing utensil, um, she will come around and help with that. We're going to be part message, part reflection today in our worship gathering. And um, I thought maybe I shouldn't give them the personal reflection or this piece until like we're ready to do it in the sermon. But then as I was prepping my sermon, I was like, maybe you guys are going to need something to distract you. So um, you have a piece of paper in case you want to start looking ahead to our conversation. So today, we're going to talk about the early church in Acts 2 a bit, and we're going to create a little space for us to dream about what it means um, for like the next few months for us to live into that type of community together as the gathered people of God. So in our reading that Jim read for us, the first believers experienced many wonders and signs done through the apostles. They sold their possessions. They shared their goods. Every day they met in the temple, and every night they gathered in homes to share their meals. The Spirit of God blew like a violent wind, and thousands flocked to the new movement. For those few verses, the picture that Luke paints is glorious and seemingly unattainable. A focused vision, a commitment to sharing, mutuality, and meeting needs. 
Things start to go a little sideways for the early church after that, as folks feel a little bit less like sharing, and arguments pop up, and people start to disagree on theological ideas. And 2,000 plus years later, the story is not that much different, right? Dr. Matthew Skinner writes, the idea of community, it simultaneously and rep- uh, attracts and repels many of us. We long for the life-affirming benefits that community can bring, but we resist the demands that a community makes upon us. So it's not a surprise that we might not know quite what to do with this, right? Like, it sounds amazing to be able to do all these things together. And then you start thinking about, like, eating dinner every night together with the same group of people. (laughs) It might get a little old, right? So is this passage prescriptive or descriptive? I lean towards the latter in its similarity to the way that the Garden of Eden is described in Genesis, a place of abundance and God's presence. We cannot fully imagine what this early church was like because we haven't lived such perfection, right? We could dismiss their experience as quaint and kind of this one-time thing, even as we're also yearning for that environment where Your community is a sign of God's presence among us. And it reminds me a little bit of the stories that we tell with nostalgia. Like the early days at Genesis, when I hear people talk about the energy of everybody meeting together in Saves Auditorium, crowded together. Or the way that I remember my church from high school fondly, and the energy and fun, and so many high school students in our youth group. And somehow the rough edges of memories get worn away and we're left wishing sometimes for the good old days, which honestly were likely both very good and not always good. But nostalgia pings our hearts and we long for a time gone by, a faint memory of the movement of the Holy Spirit in this vibrant way. We might hear hear this story in Acts and miss that time long ago that we can never get back. Or perhaps the idea of the early church is so unattainable, so utopian, that there's no way that we could make that work. And so why bother, right? And some of us just want so badly to recreate that that we hustle hard until we burn out trying to make it happen. But I wonder if there might be some hope and curiosity in this passage. Perhaps these verses show us what the Holy Spirit can do. It shows us how the gathered of people, gathered people of God can exist, even when flawed and fractured. And perhaps these verses remind us the Spirit moves in our midst through community, and we're invited to notice where the Spirit is blowing, even now, even in this place so many years later. And perhaps there's a spiritual practice inherent in trying to live in community, even when it's imperfect. It feels empowering to know that we're not simply left to our own hustle to create such an environment. Community exists, even the faint expression that we get in Acts 2 today. It exists through the power of God's spirit. It's not just on our hustle or ability to make our community amazing. I want to let you in on a little secret about this church. We don't vote the same way here. We don't all approach social issues the same way. We parent differently than one another. We don't cheer for the same teams. 
We don't spend our money the same way. Sometimes I marvel at our little gathering of God's people. How did this strange and wonderful and weird and quirky group of folks gather together in this space, in this moment in time? I apologize if I just called you strange and weird and that feels whatever, (laughs) but like in the sweetest way possible. How did we end up in this space? And when we gather together, we're part of this really unique liminal space where we're bound by our shared identity, even when the outer markers of our lives are very different. In such intense polarization in our wider society, what a strange and beautiful work the Holy Spirit is doing in our midst as we participate in shared life and shared goodness rather than in animosity and division. Our proximity to one another helps us to see the inherent belovedness in one another. Brene Brown said that people are hard to hate close up, so move in. Being part of a faith community is to choose to move in towards one another, even if our inclination, even if it's easier to remain separate. And sometimes it feels easier, doesn't it? It feels easier to simply talk with the folks who do see the world exactly the way you do. And yet when we grow and we talk together, even when we don't agree, we grow. The gathered people of God here in this space were an assembly of folks centered around a shared table and the ancient stories. And what's so lovely here is there's no restriction. The welcome is the same. So earlier in chapter 2, Peter is telling the crowd, the promise of Jesus is for you and for your children, and for all who are far away, for everyone whom the Lord our God calls. And our little congregation is a microcosm of that invitation, that promise of Jesus, restoring us, welcoming us, embodying the divine in each of us, in our differences and in our sameness, in our opinionated and very human selves. And even if this is a utopian description of the church that we can never fully attain, I still find comfort in the framework that it lays out. Telling the stories of our faith, fellowship together, sharing a meal, communing with God through prayer. These are very ordinary things and yet sacred when enlivened by the Holy Spirit. Liberation theologian uh, Maria Asasi Diaz described this intersection of the miraculous and the mundane, the unexpected and the unexceptional. She described it as the daily thing or sacred ordinariness. In Celtic tradition, they often write a lot of prayers that center on the mundane matters of life. They saw that God was present everywhere and in all ways. Helps remind us that we meet the miraculous in the mundane. Dr. Skinner writes that the virtues of justice and worship and mutuality are not accomplishments of extraordinary folks. They are signs of the spirit within a community of people who understand themselves united in purpose and identity, not simply as just individual people. And in the very ordinary elements Like a simple piece of gluten-free bread and homemade grape juice, we remember Jesus. It's in the very deep breath that we take to center our bodies that we recall the wind of the Spirit together. And it's in our shared joys and our weeping laments 
and in the way that we pray and share together that we know that we don't walk alone, that we're assured of the divine presence and our own belovedness. I think a lot about what brings people to this congregation. There are any number of things, and if the COVID lockdown taught us anything, there are a lot of different ways that we could spend our Sunday mornings, right? So I'm going to throw this all play to you. Why are you in a church? Any church, right? So what, how do you find meaning within a faith community? Like, why do you go? And this isn't like a disingenuous shout out so you can like say things so like we feel, the staff feels awesome or something. Like this is like a legitimate like why, why bother? And like why? What, what, what do you get out of church? Cassandra said to be connected with more people that she wouldn't normally be connected with. Mm. Joan said it's an anchor point for her week where she can gather together. She kind of knows knows the topic, knows kind of where that focus and center will be. Nate, yeah. The space that slows me down. Ooh, a space that slows me down. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, Rajan. How did you describe us weird and what? <laughs> Probably like weird and quirky and wonderful and strange maybe, some kind of. So, so that's why, because this is not a traditional place. Mm-hmm. Rajan said that this is a place that for her is different than other faith communities that she's been a part of, that it can be a space where we kind of have that shared commonality even when we are different. Bob. Mm-hmm. Bob said that, hopefully I always get these right, so if I miss, <laughs> misrepresent your comment, be like, mm, no, Kara. Um, Bob said that he... Um, this is a place that even on you know, his worst days, he knows that when he is here, that he is loved, and that can transport him out of that feeling of, I didn't really want to be here today. Yeah? Okay? Okay. Yeah. John? I know, I know that if I try to follow him, he Yeah. John says he knows if he were trying to follow Jesus on his own, he'd get off track really easily. So he needs the rest of us to kind of help, help him on his journey. Yeah, Bob. Hmm. Bob said, it is not easy to follow Jesus. And so doing it with others makes us feel less alone and helps kind of Keep us centered, in a, at least in a direction, some type of direction together. Well, we here, this beautiful, flawed, seeking and earnest, disillusioned and curious group of people, we are the gathered people of God. And I believe there are signs and wonders that take place among us now. Movement of the spirit as we speak aloud the questions and the frustrations and the doubt that we have. And perhaps when we speak them aloud in ways we were never invited to in other communities. I believe signs and wonders in our present look like God's presence when we wrestle with what it means to love God, to love ourselves, and to love others in holistic ways. And I believe that there's a movement of the Spirit in our midst in the very ordinary ways 
that we participate in the ancient traditions of gathering together as we break bread at this table and in one another's homes and in our backyards and in parks on picnics. And so as we kind of think, we're thinking through as a staff, what do we want for this next season, for these next months of our life together at Genesis? I mean, we are... We are a super creative bunch. I'm just going to shout out to, my, to the staff team. And yet, for all of our dreams and excitement, that's just our dreams and excitement, right? So we wanted to make space and cultivate space for us here to talk about what feels like it resonates for us right now. So we're going to consider what do we need and want from our faith community here in the months ahead and what we want to offer back to one another in doing so. We know that we can't do and be all the things, right? We have limited resources and time and energy, and we value rest and rhythm, and we hope that we're all doing that in in the many facets of our lives. But we can continue the conversation about what it means to be the gathered people of God here in our midst. So what I'm going to invite you to do is take the little piece of paper that you have. Will is going to come up, and he's going to play a little music, a little background vibe. And I want you to consider some of the questions on your paper. So the top half is for you to keep if you'd like. So there'll be some, like, tearing of paper. The bottom part, we would love it if you're willing to share um, some of those responses back into the staff so that we can... And then we're going to take a few moments at the end with the kids to talk through... Um, what they want to do and be for community as well. So I invite you to look at those questions. I invite you to consider the ways that you are part of the gathered people of God. And for this point in your own journey, what feels most life-giving to you? You are invited to take a look. I'll gather us back together in a few minutes. And we'll close out in prayer. Um, This is such perfect timing. You can continue to fill that out as we go. There's no timetable. But hey, Pastor Allie, since you guys are back in, should we just do our share-in right now? Or do you want to wait? We can't. I just have to grab it from downstairs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that? That sounds good. We'll start with the the grown-up share-in. Thanks for indulging my little activity today. (laughs) What? It's okay. There's no pressure. Bill, there's no pressure. No. Pam Pam might put some pressure on you, but I'm not going to put any pressure on you. You can take extra time to do that. Also, I forgot to mention, for those of you who are online, um, you can fill out a Google form. And if you're in in the room and you'd rather type out a Google form instead of write stuff, you can do that. It's in, the link is in our weekly email that I know all of you read religiously, right? Okay, yep, yep. We'll put the link on Facebook today. Thanks, Rebecca. So Allie's going to grab in, um, because you know what? It's not just about what grown-ups are interested in doing and being together. It's also about what all the littles, not always so little, ones are interested in doing. So um, I'm going to throw out the question to the whole congregation, and then I'm going to ask Allie to weigh in with some, some kid responses, okay? So did anybody, do I have my little paper up here? I do. Okay. Did anybody have some things that felt 
fun or life-giving or spiritual forming, spiritually forming um, for this upcoming summer? Anyone have any ideas? And don't all shout it out at once. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nice. Cassandra's interested in nature. Nature being outside. She came up with the idea this morning of doing a nature scavenger hunt. She and Nate have an awesome new property with lots of cool things to look at. So nature scavenger hunt or bonfires, ways to connect together in nature. Thanks, Cassandra. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, biking to ice cream. Kristen mentioned a lot of fun outdoor um, ways to connect with one another. I think at our um, elder meeting the other night, Katie mentioned uh, she would like us to have like a little hiking club maybe at Genesis, people who like to get out and do some hiking. Other ways you want to... You want to either connect in with fun or um, dig deep into a book or... Enneagram. Enneagram, yes. There's been some rumblings in our midst of people who are like, we haven't talked or gathered together about the Enneagram in a hot minute, so let's do that. And Cassandra, um, super, super well-resourced and skilled in talking about it. So an Enneagram gathering... Oh, I love that, Joan. So like gathering weekly to kind of talk through what the previous week's um, topic, theme, kind of key scripture was and kind of how that's landing for you now. Yeah, Rexanne. Rexanne, I... I know you can't see it all, but I definitely saw some head nodding for both of those ideas. <laughs> so that must be what we're doing, right? Um, Crafty Saturday was what we um, had done during the pandemic on uh, the lockdown portion online. Um, and Roxanne is interested in kind of figuring out a way to, to gather in person, maybe offering um, a virtual option um, on occasion to be able to kind of just bring your, bring your craft, your art, um, together and just hang out and create. Um, she also mentioned that um, like some type of like gathering where similar, you know, we used to do holy yoga in the past, um, but something, something along the lines of a stretching, deep breathing. Um, and I think, Rexanne, you have some like knowledge about that, right? Like that's like something that you're, yeah, so... We discussed it, staff, your idea, and several people already in the room were like, yes, we, yes, that is, please. So, well, I would love to hear, um, no, one more minute, one more minute. Okay, so grown-ups, you got to carry it for one more minute. Any other ideas of things that feel fun or formative? Yep. Uh, meeting instead of gathering in here, meeting for an all church picnic once a month in the summer at a local park. Yep. Awesome. Teaching 
we have a lot of people who know and do a lot of things. So it could be craft things, or it could be like I really want to learn how to repair clothes. And I don't know anybody who knows. Oh. I love that, Cassandra, the idea that we could like share in the things that we might know how to do. And it, it could be as simple as somebody saying, I really need to learn how to repair clothes. Does anybody in this community know how to do that? And having kind of those share in moments. Um, it came to mind, too, when we were meeting at Udipol's last week, that um, we had some shared energy between two of our congregants on maple syrup making. And, you know, like those kind of things where you're like, I love it when we kind of either have points of shared connection and we can kind of nerd out together about it, or when we can offer, can someone help me learn this? Because we all have a lot of skills. And Yes, Rajan. Speaking of food bowls, I wonder if we could be more inclusive for non-beer drinkers mm -hmm. and have like gin also. Gin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rajan, I love your idea. At first I thought you were going to be like, no, no, no to a brewery, but you're just like, but I want a different type of spirit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love, I love the crowdsourcing that's taking place in this room. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Yes. So it's open as a venue yeah. or whatever. And there's Jim. <laughs> Pam, Pam and Will have this amazing, amazing space, and they are so gracious in their invitation to often use that space as a venue for some of these type of activities. Thank you so much for that. All right. Let's hear from the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right, so I am here on behalf of the kids. Um, so down in kids, we had a fun little thing where it was pictures of a bunch of summertime fun activities, and kids got to color in which ones they were excited about or liked to do. And then there was space to add their own, whether on the front or the back. You know what, Phil? <laughs> you use your imagination. So some kids did monochromatic, other kids did more colors. Um, so I just super quick tallied them up. And let's see, some of the top contenders were ice cream, definitely, <laughs> soccer slash sports, um, bubbles, beach, and let's see, doing a, a fire at Nate Cassandra's. Um, Tie-dye, crafts, picnic, and then uh, some of the other ones on here, also rock hunting. We had a few rock hunters. <laughs> some bird watching, um, going to a baseball game or playing a baseball game. Going to or seeing a movie in some form or fashion, flying kites, nature scavenger hunt, getting to meet everybody's pets, oh, <laughs> going to the pool, reading books. Um, Olivia offered to teach everybody lacrosse. Love that. 
And um, I think that was it. So yeah, lots of fun stuff. Oh, thanks kids. Oh my gosh, I love that. I would, oh yeah, go Sorry. ahead. No, go. Kids, um, I also have your sheets up here. So maybe when you come up for Eucharist, you can whoop, come around and grab your sheet and show it to your grown-ups. Awesome, Allie. Awesome, kids. Well, being the gathered people of God looks like many things, like the things we discussed here in the room. Looks like maybe gathering together on a Sunday morning for worship, in person, or virtually. Sometimes being the gathered people is like making a May basket that we'll do after church if you'd like, and giving it to someone just to bring some joy to their day. Sometimes being the gathered people looks like registering with Be The Match to see if you could donate bone marrow, especially when we know that a child within our own congregation will be the recipient of someone else's generosity. Sometimes the gathered people of God looks like pouring over spreadsheets for hours and looking at fine detail of our constitution. Sometimes it's like working on a church budget and lots of meetings. Sometimes being the gathered people of God looks like protest signs on cardboard and meals dropped off on each other's doorsteps. Sometimes it looks like reading our sacred texts together and asking questions. And sometimes it looks like laughter and joy. It's my joy to be your pastor, to journey alongside all of you as we engage in these things together, as we try to figure out what does it mean to apprentice after Jesus. And in its simplest form, the work of the church opens up space for us to experience the divine, to notice and name the thin places together, to laugh, to lament, to work tirelessly towards restoration and justice, to work for our neighbor's flourishing, and to rest well, secure in our belovedness as image bearers of the divine. Amen. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.